Welcome to Starkville Church of God. This is our podcast. I wanted to thank you for joining us today. I hope this inspires you, strengthens you, and fills you with God's love so you can share with others. Enjoy the message. Book of Hebrews chapter 10, verse 19 is where we're going to begin. We're going to go through verse 25. If you got it, would you say amen? Reading from the NIV today. Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, open for us through the curtain, that is his body. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess. For he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. I'm going to preach to you and I'm going to give you a little phrase that we all probably got a little sick of there for a little bit or a word in this phrase, and I want to speak to you on the subject, church is essential. Would you stretch your hands this way and pray for me as I do the same for you? Father, we thank you for this day. What a beautiful day it's been so far. Lord, as we've been able to worship you, God, in so many ways, thank you for the gifts of the Spirit in operation here today. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you that it is everlasting, it is eternal. It will not return void, but it will accomplish that which has been set forth to do. So I pray, God, for every person under the sound of my voice, those presently in this building, those that may be listening by podcast, that you'd open their hearts, their minds, and their spirits, that the seed of the Word of God would fall onto good ground and produce a hundredfold harvest. And I ask that you'd help me today, God. I, I'm nothing in my own strength, God. Lord God, I can't do it on my own, but I can do all things through Christ who strengtheneth me. So, Lord, I pray that the Word of God would be like fire shut up in my bones. I pray that you'd give me the clarity of thought and speech that is so absolutely necessary to do what you've called me to do. And God will give you the praise in advance for everything that's done. In Jesus' mighty name, and everybody in the house said, amen. Before you're seated, I want you to turn around to four or five people, fist bump them, and tell them, church is essential. Early on in my pastoral ministry, I learned in frustrating times when you get into a, a service, and every pastor has been there, you get into a service and you got a slim, slim crowd, and this is certainly not a slim crowd today, but you get into a slim crowd and you talk about, you know, subjects like this, and I've, I've seen pastors just beat the people that were over the head that were there mad at the people that weren't there. <laughs> So let me just say thank you for being here this morning. This is a great crowd here this morning. And uh, as we go into this, we're entering this, this season called summer. And uh, let me just say this at the outset. I think that vacations are important. You know, I, I read a few years. This is not even my notes, so you just get to hear me because I got a little more time since we're only doing one service today. Somebody say, uh-oh. Nobody. <laughs> 
I read some time ago about the importance of uh, having experiences with your family. And let me just encourage you. Uh, I'm certainly not the best father. Uh, Jamie's probably the best mother. I got to say that. She's a great mother to our children. But, you know, one thing we've always tried to do is build those memories and, and spend the money. You know, stuff is eventually going to go away. Um, but, you know, having those experiences with you. So I, I just encourage, I want you to know this. Uh, I encourage you. Every family needs to get away. Every family needs a vacation once in a while. So anywhere in this, don't think that I'm not saying you can never miss church and you never have. Take those times. That's fine. But don't miss half the Sundays of the year. Come on, somebody say amen. <laughs> So here we go in this. Church is essential. Before we really end to get into this, there are two important Greek words that we look at when we look at the church. And of course, you know, most of you here are, are extremely intelligent. So many of you, as I preach to you Sunday after Sunday, I'm reminded of people that are far more educated than I am. And uh, But I do want to remind you that the New Testament was written in the original uh, Koine Greek uh, is what the New Testament was originally written in. And so as we go to these Greek words, it reminds us of when the church began. This is New Testament line of thought here. Uh, two important Greek words when we look at the church. One is ecclesia. Everybody say ecclesia. And that is the word that is translated in English church. The definition of this word is the called out ones. I want to let you know, church, we are the called out ones. We have been called out. Called out of what? Well, the Bible says, Peter says, you're a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people who should show forth the praises of him who has called you out of well, a couple of you know that verse, who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Now, I certainly believe, I know sometimes people get in the mistake of they say, well, you know what, we just, what we need to do is we need to just separate ourselves and we need to go out in the middle of nowhere and build some kind of compound somewhere and put walls around us and, and be there. That is absolutely not what I'm saying at all because if it's not for us, for the church, then how in the world will the lost, how in the world will this world know that there is hope? We have been called to be the church, the called out ones. We have called, been called to be the salt and the light. But Jesus does talk about the fact that if we don't hide the light, y'all remember that? This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. I'm going to cut it off there. Go to that verse. Hide it under a bushel. No, I'm going to let it shine. So we know that Jesus said no man lights a candle, lights a lamp, and puts it under a bushel. Jesus also talks about the fact that as the salt of the earth, what are you going to do? If the salt loses its savor, then what is it good for? Have you ever, I mean, nowadays in our salt, we don't quite relate to this in our modern uh, versions of salt, but in those days that Jesus was teaching, it could lose its salt. Could you imagine? Now, I like some good salt on it. I, I'm going to get myself in danger here at 1128, but how many of you love some good old hot French fries straight out of the grease and just salt those bad boys down? Now, you don't just want some kind of gritty stuff with no flavor on 
on those fries, but you want that salt to have that, that taste, that saltiness on there. And so while Jesus certainly doesn't tell us, in fact, he teaches opposite, that we don't need to go off in the middle of nowhere and try to pull ourselves away from everybody, but he does teach us that we need to be the called out ones in the middle of everything else, that when everybody else is in that blandness of sin and the world, we need to have some saltiness. When everybody else is in the darkness, we need to be right there standing smack dab in the middle of them, shining the light of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Somebody say amen. So we are ecclesia, we are the church, the called out ones. And secondly, a second important word that we need to look at that's all throughout the New Testament when it deals with the church is koinonia. Everybody say koinonia. And that word koinonia is what we interpret or translate in English into fellowship. And that definition is partnership that is literally participation. I'm going to say that one more time. It is partnership that is literally participation. So in other words, when we look at the fellowship, the koinonia of the ecclesia, the fellowship of the church, we are talking about the church isn't just showing up and sitting in a pew. It's participation. When you come into the house of the Lord, it is not just come on in, find you a seat, sit down, cross your arms, and say, move me if you can. Or say, well, if they sing my favorite song, I might get into it. Or say, if the preacher is decent today, if he preaches a decent message, I might give him a half a amen or hallelujah. No, the koinonia of the ecclesia, the fellowship of the church in its very definition is the fact that we come in and we don't just show up, but we are literally participating. That when we clap our hands when it's appropriate, that we lift our hands when it's, that we say hallelujah when it's appropriate, that we shout to the Lord when it's appropriate, that we every once in a while even say amen, even if it's a sympathy to the preacher, and give a little amen or a hallelujah or something like that. God has called the church not just to come in and sit and do nothing, but to participate in the community. Somebody say amen. So these two words are important, and I want you to remember them as we go forward in this. So we look at our text then in Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 19. And if you've got these little titles on these sections, uh, many of them, my Bible here says the title is A Call to Persevere. You see, we are given a call to persevere in the faith. Uh, So it's safe to conclude that as we look at this section that's talking about persevering, it's safe to conclude that since it's included right here in this section, that the church... The ecclesia is a major part of us persevering in the faith. Now, I know what you're saying. I know, you. well, you're the pastor. You're going to say it. Well, let me just tell you, after living through COVID, after pastoring through COVID, I have only become more and more convinced of the necessity of the koinonia of the ecclesia. 
I have only become more and more convinced that we need the fellowship of God's people coming together to worship and to praise him. I have only become more convinced that we cannot just be out there on our own like the Lone Ranger trying to be Lone Ranger Christians doing it by ourselves. No, God never intended it to be that way. God called us. We need the fellowship. We need the koinonia of the ecclesia. We need each other. We need each other's prayers. We need to be with each other and worship the Lord together. It is essential for our faith. So how does the church help us persevere in the faith? Well, Romans chapter 10 and verse 17 says, So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. You need to hear, you need to be in church, and you need to hear the word taught, discussed, and preached. You need to be here on Sunday mornings. You need to come to a Sunday group or a Sunday school class or a Wednesday night class. You need to be in a place where you get the Word of God in you. You need to hear the Word. You need that fellowship together. You see, it's important, I believe, that our children get the Word of God in them, both at home and in this community of faith. Can I say this, that you can't expect children's church or you can't expect one uh, Sunday school class a week to teach your child all they need to know about the Lord. You need to encourage your children when they can read to read the Word and when they can't read that you get it in them. Kids need the word, but they also need they also need the, the ecclesia. They need the koinonia. They need that too. That's why Sunday school, children's church, VBS, all these things bring children into the community of faith and gets the word in them. I told you a couple of weeks ago, I mentioned the fact that we don't realize sometimes that even, even when our kids are in here, you know, sometimes we've gotten into this thing, and I'm all for, y'all know it, I'm all for children's church. But you know what I, I really like? I like the last Sunday of the month when all the kids are sitting in here too. And sometimes we think, oh, they ain't going to hear it. They ain't paying no attention. They, uh, I had, I'm going to say, Sister Linda, she told me, she told me, the old hard-headed Clint, she said this morning, a particular answer, you know, I didn't think he was paying attention, but he paid attention. He heard it. And all of us do that. You ever done that before? Your kid, you didn't think they's listening. You didn't think they heard it. But then they come back and they spout off something you didn't think they's paying attention. They look like they was coloring. They look like they's doing something else. You thought they's just laying up under the pews, but they were getting something down in their spirit that they needed. I'm telling you, it is important for children to grow up. Listen, it is not just so that they could say, oh, I cut my teeth on the back of the pews. It's not just so they could say that. It's so that they are week after week after week immersed in the preaching, in the teaching, in the fellowship, in the spirit and the power of the Holy Spirit. Children need that. We need the fellowship of the church together. Somebody say amen. We got to have it. You see, our kids need it. We need it. Now, there are a lot of people, I'm going to say this because I still can because I don't have a lot of problems with this right now here. Y'all have heard me on this soapbox and other places I pastored, I did, and so I'd, sometimes I'd get mad and, and preach and I had to be careful about this. There are many that preach, eat, breathe, and bleed sports. 
and, and they help their children. They, they make sure that they're at every practice. They make sure that they're at every travel ball game. And yeah, the church ain't so. I don't know if they'll be able to make it to youth camp this summer. There's a clinic they need to go to. I don't know if they'll be able to be at youth this Wednesday night. Uh, they, there's a practice, and the coach called it, and you know, what can I say? They're the coach. Say, I'm the mama, I'm the daddy, and they go going to church. <laughs> oh, help me, Jesus. <laughs> Let me just tell you this. This generation, the generations will see what is important to us and what is not. And if we're not careful, we got to make sure that our children see that God is more important than anything else. Second, I got to keep moving. What else do we find in this in this particular passage here? We find that this community of faith challenges us to do better. Look at verse 24 again. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Now, I don't think I have to tell you. I know where I'm at. I know where I know where we are. I know that every single one of you have got to have been in at least one of our sporting venues here in Starfield, Mississippi. Whether it's been over on the campus of Mississippi State, at the Hump, the Dude, Davis Wade, whether it's even been over at Starkville High School Stadium, whether it's been at Starkville Academy Stadium, one of their fields, whether it's been in a city field, I believe probably every person some way, somehow, maybe some of you that are from other countries, maybe you've been at a uh, football or everywhere else in the world, soccer here in the U.S., you've been in a soccer game at some point. And what do we do in those games? We spur one another on. What do we do? We cheer. We clap. Sometimes we yell at the umpires or the referees a little bit. But what do we do? We're spurring one another on. We're spurring those players so say, go, you do good. Well, I'm encouraging you. You've got this. And the Bible here tells us, let us consider how we must spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Can I just tell you this? Even as Christians, we don't always feel like doing the right thing. Y'all are a lot more holy than I am. But I'm just going to tell you, there are times that I don't always feel like doing the right thing. Maybe that's why the Bible tells us, be not weary in well-doing, but in due season you will reap if you do not faint. There are times, even as Christians, we don't feel like doing the right thing. Matthew 4, 5 and 44, Jesus said this. He said, but I say unto you, love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, and pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. He wants to do that. I want to go back to the Old Testament, eye for eye, tooth for tooth. Come on, somebody. That's what the human part of me wants. I need the Spirit of the Lord. I need the help of God to be able to do what Jesus said, love my enemies, bless those that curse me, do good to them that hate me, pray for those which despitefully use and persecute you. That is hard to do, folks, and it's impossible in our own strength. You see, I, but I believe that that's part of coming. That's part of coming to church. Let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. You know what you need? You need to be in the church, and you need to be around some godly people. That when you talk to them and you say, you know what, so-and-so did me wrong, you don't need the advice of your worldly friend that said, well, you need to get them back. You need the advice of a godly brother or sister that says, well, you know what, it's tough to do, but Jesus said we got to love them and pray for them. 
We're supposed to avenge, spur one another on toward good deed. Not spur one another on to revenge. Not spur one another on to what we want to do. But it says spur one another on toward love and good deed. You need the, the, the fellowship of the church because we need each other to help us do right when we don't want to do right ourselves. Helping someone else with their problem when it feels like we have a million problems of our own. You know what? Sometimes we just want to shut down, and we just want to say, you know what? I got too much mess going on in my own life. I can't help nobody else out. You know what? That's a lie from the pits of hell. I'm just going to tell you most of the time, if you will step up and help somebody else, I need to take you to the book of Job. And we look at all that Job went through. Where did the turning point come in the book of Job when Job prayed for his friends? The turning point came in the book of Job when after those friends that had been pointing their finger at him, and Job, you really messed up bad here somewhere. You did this. You, you had to have really messed up bad for all this to be going. Those friends that were accusing him and pointing fingers at him, Job had the turnaround after losing everything that he had. The turnaround came when he prayed for his friends. You need to be in the house of God so that we can encourage one another and we can help somebody else out. When you walk in and you feel like you have been through quite a week that you'd really not like to go through anymore and you see a brother or sister that needs encouraging, the human part of us would say, oh, they're just going to have to deal with I've got my own problems. But the Spirit of the Lord should rise up within us and say, you know what, I need to encourage you too. I may have had a bad week, but let me tell you something. I've been through a bad one. You may have been through a bad one, but God's gotten us through it. He's going to get us through this together. We'll pray for one another. We'll encourage one another. We will get through this together. You don't have to go through stuff by yourself. Encourage somebody. Help somebody even when you're going through junk of your own. And even, even encouraging or dare I say keeping each other accountable and coming to church. Oh. Can I just give you all permission? I've given everybody here permission. When you look around and you don't see somebody at church that you normally see, call them. Text them. Go by, see them. Say, hey, I missed you at church. Say, I really miss seeing you at church today. You know, some, we just need that sometimes. Listen, I know if I don't show up, y'all going to be looking for me. <laughs> but I'm not the only one that needs that. Everybody needs a little bit of that. I'm not talking about where it feels legalist. That's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about friends. I'm talking about people that love each other. Listen, if you're getting together with your friends or your family and one member doesn't show up, what you about to, you about to text you about, where are you at? Where are you at? Lord, we go to anything family and, you know, we're just a little bit behind. Then mama's or daddy's texting, where are y'all at? Where, now they track me on, find my friends and everything. Why are you just now leaving? Where, I thought y'all were coming and being here this time. Come on, somebody. Y'all do y'all anybody do they all like that? I mean, I'm 43 years old. And I know I know daddy's gonna listen to this. I don't care. My sisters, we all joke about it. I'm 43 years old and I get find my friends on my iPhone. I get, what are you doing over there? 
My brother-in-law, I'm telling too much. I got a blabbering spirit. My (laughs) brother-in-law said this. He said, he said, I ain't got to worry about Catherine cheating on me. Your whole family keeps up with everywhere you're going and everything. Now, I say that comical, but bringing it, reeling it back down, there is a realistic point of we do need each other looking for each other. And when somebody ain't at church, encourage them. Say, hey, I missed you. Now, not beat them over the head. Now, let me take that back. Sometimes you need that. Hold on, I, I'm feeling, I don't know what's wrong with me today. I don't know if it's the anointing or, or if it's, it's meddling. But, you know, the Bible tells us, it tells us uh, in, in the book of Jude, we find something about how to deal with people, about how when there's people uh, that they're falling, uh, you know, there's some people that you've got to treat very gently. and every, But every once in a while, You need to just go ahead and pull somebody up out of where they are at. Verse 22 of Jude, be merciful to those who doubt, snatch others from the fire, and save them. Hey, there's sometimes, uh, what happened to the Holy Ghost-filled people? That when somebody was about to get themselves in a big old mess, that there were some Holy Ghost-filled men or women that would just come and just snatch them out of. Come on, anybody know what I'm talking about? When they about to get themselves in a big old mess and they have some Holy Ghost-filled people to come and say, this is not what you need to be doing. We become so timid. We're so scared because we don't want to offend anybody. What happened to Holy Ghost-filled people that would look at their brother or sister that, that built a relationship with them, that had the ability to say, look, I see you're heading down a bad road. And you need to stop. Oh, God, help me. Help me. Help me. Help me. We need each other. I got to move on. I could go on, but I got I to move on here. Third, we're given instructions to not stop gathering together as the church. Verse 25, I'm, I want to read you. We read out of the NIV originally. I want to read you the English Standard Version, what it says here. Not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. This pandemic that we've been through challenges us in ways that we have never been challenged before. You know, I, I, I can remember at times as a pastor before COVID, and I can remember, you know, questions of weather. We pastored in Illinois. Is there too much snow? Is there some ice on the road? Should we call off church? I can remember pastoring down in Loosedale. Well, there's a hurricane coming. Will it be through? Should we cancel church? There's a tornado warning. North Mississippi, it's a tornado warning. Is it going to be too bad? Do we want? Yeah, I can remember in that way. Somebody going to get mad about it. Should we call it? Should we not? But then in 2020, when that broke out, we faced something that we had never faced before. People getting mad when we did have church. Come on, somebody. So, well, you know what? You shouldn't do that. They think it's going to get somebody sick. You're going to kill, you're going to kill somebody's grandma if you do that. Listen, I, I know we face something we have never faced before, and I know COVID was real. I know I still can't smell right because I had it in 2020. I know it's real. I know people died. I had to preach their funeral. But I also can't help when I look at this verse 
and I realize how the Bible is specifically saying not neglecting to meet together as a habit of some is. Encouraging one another. All the more as you see the day drawing near. We are living in the last days. That day, the day of the Lord is coming. We're getting closer and closer to that. I've just got to say, the closer we get to it, this book right here says that we need to be even more careful to make sure we're getting together as the people of God. See, we as Americans here have never faced danger in coming to church as many other people have. You know, I, I couldn't help but think about it. And, and times, and I try to be respectful, and I don't want to get into some debate about COVID and everything, but I'm just being honest here as I read this because this is telling me we need to come to church. And I can remember thinking in my mind how people say, well, you might get sick or somebody might get sick. Then I get to thinking about, well, it may be dangerous. But then I think about to the New Testament church. And I thought about, well, you know what? They had they have the danger of being burned alive on a stake. They had the danger of being put on a stake, fire lit under them, and burned to death. There was no lethal injection calmly put to sleep. They burned to death because they had a faith in Christ and wouldn't denounce it. I know it's devil's advocate. Some people may get me, hey, it's, it's, I'm sorry. But I can't help. I thought about these things. I thought about the church in China. I thought about how they have to go into these underground churches, these windowless rooms. I've seen pictures and videos. Y'all, Hong Yang has been here several times, and, and I've seen pictures of how in that underground church they'd have just an old bathtub, and they baptize so many people that the people soaked the water up, and they'd have to refill the bathtub all in secret because they ran the danger of if they were caught by the government, they could be jailed and tortured. And so I'm sorry, I can't help it, but during that time, I thought about, we don't really know what it is. Churches in Muslim countries, how they run the danger. Somebody coming in, killing them for their faith. Scripture, all I know is this, folks. All I know is to preach the Bible. And Scripture clearly tells us to not having this koinonia as the ecclesia, that we need to keep having this fellowship as God's people together. And I know, listen, there's a lot of different ways, and some are, but listen, there's just, I, I got to tell you, we cannot get away from this. We're told that the custom of some will be to stop. We're told that some will just say, you know, I remember hearing it. I remember hearing it during the pandemic. You know, it's never, sometimes it seems like yesterday, sometimes it seems like a million years ago. I remember hearing, the, the world's never going to be the same. We're never really going to gather together like we used to. We're all going to live in our homes, and we're going to just look at our computer. Anybody you remember hearing some of that? And, and, and there's some that say, you know what, just, just watch it online. Just, just watch it online. You can just listen to the podcast. You can just watch it online. No. We're told that the custom of some, are going. right here it's saying, as a manner of some is, some people, they're going to decide that they can do it their way. They don't need the church. But the Bible says you need the church. 
And it don't have to be the church of God. It don't have to be Starkville Church of God. But you do need, I'm going I'm to put myself out here and just tell you this, that I don't believe you can truly be a Christian and not be involved in some local body somewhere. I don't believe you can truly live for God the way we're supposed to and not be a part of a local congregation. I cannot read this book and say anything different than that. We need the coming together, the fellowship. We need it. We need that together. We need the koinonia as the ecclesia. And we're told to not stop gathering even more as we see the, do- the day approaching. And this is not an end times message. But all you got to do is just turn on the news and look at everything, and you know we're getting close. We need now more than ever to come together and to encourage one another. Stand with me, if you will, please. I think I've gotten this point through, but somewhere I've heard that we need to hear stuff a lot of times before it really sinks in. So here it is. I'm convinced that the church is essential now even more than it ever has been. And we're going to have to make up our mind that church is not just good or even just important, but that it is essential for us and our families. The church attendance just isn't one of those optional things that we must, we must, we must have the koinonia of the ecclesia. We need each other. We've got to have each other. God didn't set this thing up. Do I need to go? How can the hand say to the foot, I don't need you? We're the body. Jesus is the head, but we're the body. How can the hand say to the foot, I don't need you? How can the leg say to the arm, I can make it fine without you? We need each other. Everybody around you. And I I know I say this a lot, but I'm going to continue to say that. Man, one of the most beautiful, beautiful things about this congregation is I think we we got more demographics than anybody. We got babies. We got some seniors. We got white, black, brown, all kind of continents. Come on, somebody. I mean, we we got a variety. And we all need each other. We need one another. We need the fellowship. We need the prayers. We need the support. We need the encouragement of one another. We need to come together. Now, I know that, yeah, we got to reach out. And I hope you're doing that every day you go to work, every day you go to school, every day you leave these walls. I hope you're reaching out. And then we're coming here. And this is a place of encouragement, a place of refilling, a place where your brother, your sister, where Mark is spurring old memory, saying, hey, man, you're doing good. Keep on living for God. Keep doing what you're doing. 
a place where Brooke is saying to Rihanna, hey, keep on. I love you, girl. Don't you quit. Keep it up. Keep going. Come on, somebody. <laughs> we need each other. We need each other. Thanks for listening to our podcast. To find out more about us, follow us on social media at StarkvilleCOG. Special thanks to those who generously support this ministry. If you would like to give, visit us at StarkvilleCOG.com forward slash give. And if you've enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you next week.